Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Plant Zero podcast. Today I am here with Corin Sutton who is a 100% plant-based bodybuilder and vegan athlete who if you go on his Instagram has helped so many people achieve higher levels of fitness and health and wellness. So welcome, thank you so much for coming on. Hey what's up, how you doing? Yeah I'm doing really well, how are you? Good, good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying before we officially started, but I, I can't help but notice all the awards behind you. Clearly, you're, you're really accomplished in your field. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seven years of uh, bodybuilding. I actually have a uh, show coming up in uh, three weeks, I believe. On the oh, 24th. wow. Yeah, I have another show coming up, so I'm getting ready for that. It's going to be pretty cool. Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, for you, has it always been just sort of like, the drive to compete or is it is it more like you want to share your lifestyle with people or like what is, what is your core motivation behind competing in the way that you do would you say well in the beginning it was mostly for animal activism i mean i figured that's that's a it's a good way to show that you can be like a pro athlete build muscle be lean you know have a phys- have a great physique yeah as a um as a vegan you know so doing bodybuilding really gave me that platform because it's it's where a lot of people think that you have to consume like tons of animal byproducts and protein Mm, yeah able to uh, have those type of physiques and um that's why i did it so to just show people prove people wrong that you know protein is protein and as long as you could get it through a uh, plant-based source i mean when it comes to building muscles pretty pretty easy excuse me just have to uh educate yourself more on the nutrition and stuff like that. And um, now I still, now I, I kind of cut back on how many shows I, I, I used to do in the past. And I do like maybe like one or two shows a year, but it's still for activism, but I would say more, it's more recreational, if anything, just because like I have a business, I have, I have work I have to do. I'm really busy yeah. individual. So uh, it's more for fun and, you know, it's still, still I could use it for activism and stuff, but when I do, but um, yeah, it's mostly for more recreational now. Oh, cool. That's really interesting how like through your life, it's kind of transitioned into more of a sort of fun thing. Yeah. But what you said then about um, protein and the misconceptions people have about actually getting it on a plant-based diet, I think is just mm-hmm. so true. There are literally so many sources of protein that you can get on a plant-based diet and i was looking online actually on your website where you discuss your kind of daily dietary plan and i think for so many people who are into things like bodybuilding or athletics and stuff like hearing a bit more about how you structure what you eat i think would be really helpful to them so yeah i mean well i mean i i personally don't like talking about what i eat just because i'm an athlete and majority of the world isn't you know, so when it comes to like my job as a nutritionist and, and, a, fit, and a master fitness trainer, um, if we want to talk about protein, like great sources of protein could be like tofu, seitan, uh, yeah. tempeh, uh, you know, your legumes, tons of vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, like all this pretty much has a lot of protein in it. It's all about having uh, an abundance of different types of plant-based foods to get the protein that you need because the misconception is that when we were all taught nutrition, when we're in like elementary to middle school to high school, even some colleges, um, 
the nutrition classes and the health classes that we all uh, took, unless, you know, you're a dietitian or, or a nutritionist like myself, um, when it comes to the, the standard American diet, it's like, uh, where do you get your protein? It'd be animal byproducts. Like, um, they won't mention that fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds has protein in it. It'll just be like, you know, if you want a significant source of protein, you have to eat like red meat, turkey, chicken, fish, things like that. But when you really look a little bit deeper into a plant-based diet, you'll see that a lot of things has protein in it. And as long as like, again, going back to what I said before, um, you know, if you have an abundance of different types of foods, uh, you, you'll realize that you really don't need as much protein as recommended. At the same time, you don't have to get it through an animal-based source. And if you kind of think about where the animals that we consume, let's say like chickens, turkeys, uh, cows and pigs, like these animals mostly get their protein from the earth. They get it from a plant-based diet because yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're pretty much vegetarian. Yeah. So, or vegan, depending on your definition of veganism, but like, uh, you know, they're mostly eating a, a plant-based diet, you know? So I don't like discussing mine again, just because my intake is high. Like mm. right now I'm doing Very like, naturally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right now I'm doing like 215 grams of protein, but is this recommended for the average individual? No. Is this, at, is this uh, recommended for the person who just goes to the gym and works out? No, because the protein consumption is really based on each individual's goals, mm. uh, how their body is able to absorb protein and, and what they're looking for out, out of that uh, when it comes to their aesthetic results. So like for me being a bodybuilder, of course I need more protein because yeah. I'm, I'm consistently tearing my muscle tissues down, looking for hypertrophy, which is the, the, uh, the built of muscle, looking for muscle growth. And since I'm in the sport, you know, I train very aggressively versus mm -hmm. uh, an average individual. So that's why I don't like talking about because it's just like, if I just say like what I eat all the time, people try and mimic that. And yeah, yeah, like, that's very true. Like that's that's why I try to stay away from is um you know tell people like look if you're a runner you need enough protein so you can run, and mm. maybe your diet possibly need to be more of a high carb diet because it's more of a you know a high endurance sport and since since uh, runners are looking for more endurance it, it, does it really matter on their aesthetics really no a true runner athlete is looking for performance so they can win. Mm. You know, so they need energy. Um, the aesthetics really doesn't matter that much. You know what I'm saying? So that's, to answer your question, like, that's how we do it, you know? Yeah, that's that's so true about how fitness, especially athletic performance, like you said, if you are in a very particular sport, you really do have to tailor your diet in a very specific way to what you're doing. And people don't talk about fitness journeys enough as a kind of individualized thing, right? We're obviously... Some things are going to work better for other people than others, you know. And that's not even necessarily if you're competing in a sport. Sometimes that's just down to what kind of individual you are, right? But I, I find, um, especially looking at your website in general, just the, the passion and commitment you have with what you were saying about animals and the kind of diets and the kind of lives they lead, right? The commitment you have to the activism side of it, I think is something which is very motivating and significant because on this show I've already talked to some people who are in the bodybuilding sphere but they're less um they were more motivated by the kind of health-based based reasons 
more necessarily yeah. than the kind of you know the activist motivations and something i find really interesting about you right is i've spoken to a lot of people and they're like oh these moral reasons these ethical reasons you know that's why i did it but they can't pinpoint the exact moment they were like okay i want to make a change to my diet and my lifestyle right but you mm. actually have said that you listened to a speech, I believe, by Gary Urofsky. I don't know if yeah. I'm pronouncing that right, back yeah. in 2011. But I, I don't know who that is. And I'm just curious, what, what about that kind of changed your mind? Well, Gary Urofsky is a huge activist. And if no one knows him, uh, definitely recommend watching his uh, speech. Even if you're vegan and you're listening to this highly recommend watching it because it, it would definitely reassure uh, why you went vegan. And yeah. especially if, if you're doing it for health reasons, uh, I would highly recommend it to watch it again because it will bring that ethical side to it. And um, with me, like uh, when he when he talked about it, I saw him live in my classroom. I was in college and uh, when he did the speech, it was just, it hit every, it, I, I never really looked at animals in the way that he did, and especially yeah. how he explained it when it came to like the suffering, the pain, um, all the, all the killings that they go through, the abuse, um, how we, how we exploit them to the mass, you know, just to get food on our table or just for pure, purely for entertainment. Yeah. So when he, when he went in that speech, um, you know, it definitely, uh, it definitely painted a real, a more real picture because a lot of things that I didn't know or really didn't think about, I, I knew that like, well, this is what's happening. For example, like, you know, I used to go to zoos, you know, before I was vegan, I used to go to zoos. Yeah. And I didn't know that, you know, the animals were heavily abused to be able to tame them, you know, to tame them, to make them do tricks or you know, swimming, swimming on the water while you surf on their back or something like that, you know, like a dolphin or, or a killer whale, yeah. you know, or, or um, you know, all these things, man, I, did, I just didn't think about. And, um, and, and it's hard for you to think about that because when you see how the zoos are laid out, I mean, they're laid out for pure entertainment. You want to jump on rides, you want to take pictures of the animals. Some places have like a, you know, a secondary motive to you know cover up what you see so you know sometimes they'll say like oh we we help these animals we rescue them and things like that and they weren't really rescued it was just like they were captured from the wild and yeah you know so um i mean companies can lie you know mm -hmm. they'll, they'll lie because they don't think like people are actually going to go that in depth to see if they're doing things right or wrong you know as long as, as you go to the facilities and they look fine you know, that's all that matters. And yeah. sometimes even when you see, go to the zoos, you'll see like animals like just sitting there bored out of their mind. And you think like, oh, they're just resting or they're just sleeping, you know, mm -hmm. but they're just bored. They're, it's like, if I put you in a cage, you know, like if I, I mean, not even that, I'm not even gonna say put you in a cage. People are, people are, people are just, people are complaining just from the COVID lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's let's, a good point. let's use that for example. That's a better example. People, people, people are complaining about just being locked in their own house, you know, and, and they're complaining about just wearing a mask. So a little paper mask on their face. So imagine what an animal is going through when they're just sitting in their room. Okay, mm -hmm. if you came and stay in one week in your own house, yeah, you know, and you're all going crazy and stuff, right? 
people again divorces and breaking up in couples domestic violence went up high mm-hmm. since the whole covid situation you know all these issues are going on why because people can't stand each other and people can't stand being in the same place for a long time so if people can't even do it why the hell you think a, a bear can do that where yeah. bears they're known for traveling like they're nomads you know they're, they're known for traveling like far distances and scavenging the lands and all this stuff so you know what you if they if you can't do it why you think a bear could do it or a mm-hmm. panda or or any other animal that's captured in a zoo in like a little room or a fish tank or something like that like they're they're crazy you know they go crazy yeah. they, they get bored you know they don't want to be there and sometimes these animals are drugged too because they might be very aggressive animals and and they drug them so they're always like drowsy and sleepy so it looks like they're just calm you know what i'm saying so yeah. you want you go real deep into it and the more you learn then you realize that it's not fair and, and people are just exploiting these animals for money mm. you know yeah exactly and what you really zeroed in on there which i think is a really good point is how we treat animals with such an attitude of entitlement right you know yeah. like you were saying obviously you know animals are free roaming creatures and they need to be in open spaces they need to be in their own natural habitat ideally and just the idea that we can just you know take them and use them not even just for food but all kinds of resources i'm thinking about things like fashion like clothing you know that uses fur like leather boots and stuff like that as well even like animal testing in the beauty industry is such a massive global issue that just the scale of dealing with something like that is insane and crazy and i think what you said about zoos and the whole you know using them for entertainment thing like i yeah that's got me thinking about times i've been to the zoo myself in the past and you literally just see animals just sitting there doing nothing looking completely like completely disassociating from their environment and yes it's incredibly sad um yeah i just think as well what you were saying about um like the the thing is with a plant-based diet right is you you know you can think about it in terms of labels as being vegan and stuff like that because i was talking with um i don't know if you know um tore washington he's also a bodybuilder yeah i've also had him on here and we Mm. were talking about um like living ethically and not using these sorts of labels right in in regards to like being plant-based like not calling yourself vegan but thinking about it in terms of limiting the harm you're having on animals and on the general sort of environment right and i think the attitude of humanism is something that's incredibly powerful and inclusive and something we all should promote especially when it comes to animals like you were Mm. talking about with that whole situation so i wonder how how do you feel about that like the whole sort of labeling of veganism do you think it's productive or to me i'm proud to be a vegan you Mm. know and, and and the thing is i'll use the label all day because i know what it means you know what i'm saying so yeah. when people try to disassociate themselves from labels and stuff, I understand that type of ideology. Mm. But the thing is, is that I came from a place that labels meant something, yeah. you know, because it's like, for example, I was in the military for eight years, right? So if someone came around and said, well, I'm a, sh- I'm a soldier too, or I'm a Marine too, because I know how to shoot a gun. Yeah. You're not a Marine. You're not a Marine. Like, you're not a Marine. Like, I'm going to be so serious. I don't give a damn about labels. I'm going to be like, you're not a Marine. Mm. Because yeah. I've been to boot camp. I served my country. 
I went to Operation Iraqi Freedom in three and four. I've been there and I've done that. So mm -hmm. for you to try to take the title, you know, or a label, yeah, was 100% wrong unless you went to boot camp and you did the same shit that I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when it comes to veganism, when people use that term, I, I, I use the same ideology that I use being in the military mm -hmm. because I know what it takes to earn that label. And in Marine Corps, they make you earn the right mm. to be a Marine. Even when you join boot camp, you're not a Marine. They call you a shit bag. That's what they call you, a shit bag civilian. That's what they call you. Oh yeah, it's funny because mm. it's true. Because <laughs> when you're a civilian, you don't know shit, right? So yeah. the thing is, is that, you know, you don't know anything what's going on in the, wor in the world until you really join the military. You, oh, you start realizing like the world's a lot bigger than what you think and there's a lot of shit going on, right? Mm. You know, it's a lot of things are going on within our bubble. You know, yeah, a lot. So it's like when when you go through the each week when you go through it, what they do, for example, is like you they give you the uniform, you know, mm -hmm. but they don't give you your name tag. They don't give you you can't even wear the 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 emblem like they they call it the Eagle Globe Anchor, right? That's their wow. their logo, right? You mm -hmm. can't even wear the logo. Oh my god! Because you you ain't shit. Mm. And they, you can't even wear the boots. They make you wear sneakers. Right? You look all stupid when you're <laughs> seriously. You're all dumb, like, you know, you look crazy dumb because it's like nothing matches. Nothing looks good because they're like, you don't earn the right to wear anything mm. about a Marine until you, we get, until we say mm. you earned that body, you know? After three months, you know, or, you know, what is it, 4, 8, 12, 12, 6, 4, 12, like 14 weeks of training and you pass all the crap, right? Then they give you the, the Eagle Globe Anchor, like, pin. Then they stitch your name, you know, all that stuff. And, and yeah. you can wear the boots. And now you look like a Marine, right? Yeah. So, and, I mean, I remember when someone gave me that, that Eagle Globe Anchor, I cried. Just so, oh I, because when they said, now you're a Marine, I mm. cried because I knew what it took. Yeah, because to be you earned it. Yeah. The sacrifice I did, mm. you know? So when it comes to labels, it means something to me. Mm. But if someone's going around saying that, oh, well, I'm vegan. I even tell student clients coming up like, well, I eat eggs a little bit, but I'm vegan. I was like, so you're transitioning. Mm. They're yeah. like, well, no, I'm a little vegan. No, so you're transitioning or you're vegetarian. Vegan doesn't have any type of animal byproducts. Yeah. You know? So it's like when you take the term veganism, it's like I look at it like you really took it as uh, the label. You take it because it's something, it means something. Mm. You're, you're doing something to protect others. Mm. So to stand up and be proud is good. But if you want to step back and say, oh, I don't like labels, this and that, well, well, you know, maybe you need to recheck your reassurance of who, what, who you about. Mm. What, because if there's no labels, why you have a, why you have a name? I, <laughs> let's, I let's see the logic. Let's talk stupid, right? Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I let's, see the logic in that. Yeah. What's, what, so why have a name then? Mm. Why call yourself Tory Washington? <laughs> Right? <laughs> why, why call yourself bodybuilder? Mm. Right? These are all labels. So everything in the world is labeled. 
So it's hard to say, disassociate yourself and be like, well, I'm me, I'm just a human being, a spirit that the, a multi-dimensional being, you know, like, you know, you could get all hippie about it, but like we use labels mm. to describe who you are, to represent what you're about. Yeah. So if you're someone that's afraid using the word veganism, then don't use it. That's mm. fine. No one gives it, no one's going to give a damn, but like I care because I know when people use it, especially activists and stuff like that there. And that's why they're so aggressive. That's why they're mad. Yeah. That's why I'm mad. Because when you see the world doing something that's so violently, of course, I'm going to use the term to try to differentiate myself from other people because I'm not, I'm not them. I'm not, I don't eat animals. I don't buy animal stuff. I'm a vegan. Hmm. I find, yeah, that whole, this whole, I find your whole perspective really interesting, actually, because a lot of the time we, you know, we, we get this whole stereotype of like, you know, the angry vegan or whatever. And people use that so often yeah. to dismiss vegan arguments about issues. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, there's, there's an there's a entirely justified reason for the anger. And I think what you were saying as well about how your, your time spent in military service has kind of shaped your attitude towards like these labels. And, you know, if you are something you have to earn it almost, you know, you have to be committed to it. You can't just kind of like, you know go in and out of it all the time in your eyes in your perspective that's how you'd like to live your life and I was just thinking as well your whole attitude to animals right being in the military do you feel like the the kind of appreciation for life right it must have been something that you kind of that kind of grew in your eyes through that experience is naturally you're putting it all in the line well well to answer that question that's why I got out Mm. because live being in the military I was part of a combat unit so so the attitude and the lifestyle is all about death and you have to be cold as ice to Mm. shoot someone in the face without even even thinking twice yeah yeah that's it if they're because our our mission is this protect the uh, foreign and domestic to protect the Mm. foreign domestic so you if you're a threat you're dead Mm. that's it you can't think twice because when you're in war right It's, the, it's you or them. Yeah. Very harsh so, environment. Yeah. So like with me, you know, like I had to get out of that type of environment because it's not like, how can I be in that type of, in that type of system and then say I'm vegan and I'm all compassionate and shit. Yeah. It's yeah. very conflicting, mm. you know? So that's why I left. That's one of the reasons why I left. Yeah. Because it was very conflicting. When I was in the, when I was in the military, I was in it. Like I was in it just as I, as I'm in veganism and, you know, I, I do everything that I can to help animals and, you know, talk about it and help others. Yeah. It's as serious. I was in the military, hmm. you know, like I was, I, I, it didn't, it wasn't like I sucked. I was really good. Really. And when I say good, like really good. Hmm. Like I know how to shoot and I know how to kill. I was really good, but it is, but that it wasn't something that I wanted to, enjoy doing you know what i'm saying yeah so it was just like i had to separate that and stop that and it took a lot a lot of it wasn't just like i decided to go vegan it's like i had to change my whole identity because Mm. it was just like you know i'm coming from a place where we run around in circles singing about how we want to kill people to like loving animals Mm. it took a lot it's quite it's quite a shift isn't it yeah yeah took a lot of reconditioning yeah 
So, um, you know, I mean, I went to like, a, just to give you an example, I had to go, to, I went to the Buddhist temple like twice a week for a whole year. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to just to find, like refine myself, you know, when it comes to compassion and peace and love. And, and I did that because it, it was the only way or only outlet that I figured out that really helped me to understand more about life, you know? So that's why I did what I did, you know? So, you know, like I said, like it took a lot, but you know, I'm here where I am now and things are good, but yeah, before it was really bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's such a radical change and you can definitely Mm -hmm. tell how you've, you know, channeled elements of, you know, the sort of training and mindset you have to have by definition in the military into how you approach like your fitness and how you approach all of your um, training and everything like that. But (laughs) onto, (laughs) onto less heavy topics. I'm I'm curious, obviously we've spoken a little bit about your diet and things that you like to eat. And as you know, we're a brand that specializes in um, vegan like meal like boxes, which are like pre-prepped and then you can eat them on your own schedule wherever you want. Um, mm. Do you have like a favorite food or meal that you like to eat? Um, I mean, my favorite meal is probably like tofu scramble. Yeah. And the reason I like it is just because first it, it, it just has a lot of protein in it. Yeah, that's number one. But also, it's it's a it's like one of those dishes where you can mix it with anything. Yeah. You know? So when I when I make the scramble, like I'm able to include so much uh, vegetables and fruits, like bell peppers, kale, um, spinach, garlic, onions, uh, tomatoes. Mm. Able to include so many different types of foods all in one dish, and it tastes great. Uh, I think that's why it's my favorite. When it comes to other foods, it's more almost a little generalized, you know? So it's like, you know, you have your protein, carbs, and fat. And, you know, if even with the garden and then some of the mock meats, it's, it's more generalized. So if I wanted the burgers, it's just a burger, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Or if I wanted like, um, you know, chicken with vegetables, you know, I can get like the garden chicken, chicken fillets and make some vegetables. It's just like, it's a simple staple. Versus like a scramble, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm getting so many various uh, uh, vitamins and minerals and, and my macronutrients too. So I think that's one of the reasons it's just so versatile and I get yeah. a lot of nutrients from it as well. And as well, like, yeah, yeah, as well with a scramble, it's pretty, it's pretty quick, right? It's quite an efficient thing to make. I know it's popular along like quite a lot of like vegan Instagrammers and stuff like that. But I think, you know, like so many people worry with cooking and with food, even if they're not living a plant-based lifestyle about the whole prep, you know, getting everything ready and stuff like that. I'm sure you, do you tend to prep a lot of your food and meals in advance? Um, tell you the truth. I mean, I'm, I mean, I used to a lot, like a couple of years ago, but now like I don't, yeah. you know, really, I, really, I don't, it's, it's rare if I meal prep just because like I, I, I've mastered counting macros. Like meal prepping is is part of counting macros, which macros is like your protein, carbs, and fat. These are large nutrients. Yeah. That's uh, vital for the body to function. Once you master it and you learn about nutrients or nutritional science of foods, hmm. it's pretty simple to include foods into your diet and eat whatever you want. Uh, rather than meal prepping now is meal prepping uh more optimal when it comes to following a diet yes like i make all my students meal prep because i know when it comes to the dis 
the discipline, you know, um, they're not like they're, they're, if their meals are already prepped together, it's more convenient because yeah. these, for, for those individuals, like they're not in it. Like I am like, th- like fitness is my job. So obviously like, you know, me being in shape and eating well and stuff kind of plays part of being what I am. Right. Yeah. yeah. Versus someone who's like, if they're a lawyer or something, you know, they're not going to be as serious or, or very, um, yeah, they're not going to be as serious, um, you know, trying to get foods in unless like it's, unless their, their physical attributes or their, um, their aesthetics means a lot to them, you know? So, uh, if they're with me, then I, I have a meal prep, but then I have students who's been with me for a long time and it's part of their lifestyle. Like, and that's what I try to do is incorporate it to make it part of their lifestyle. Now, once they get to that level, because a lifestyle change takes a long time, just has mm-hmm. me going to veganism and, and doing what I do. It took a while. It wasn't just a, a significant shift, right? It took a while. It took a while reprogramming my brain, my lifestyle, everything that I do. So the same thing with those individuals, if they want to count, just count macros and stuff, then they don't have to meal prep, you know? Yeah. Uh, so like they can, as long as they're counting their macros. So that's how it kind of rolls with my business and how I regulate things oh yeah cool i mean um obviously there's so much in terms of the nutritional science that needs to be taken into account when you're becoming Mm -hmm. a vegan or even if you're just (laughs) fitness training (laughs) sorry if i'm interrupting you person in the back like (laughs) no 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 um but i'm quite curious because obviously on your instagram you show a lot of um, pics and testimonials from people who have worked and trained with you right yeah i mean Mm -hmm. Actually, the process of training with pe- with people. What would you say is the most challenging thing about getting people to the kind of results that they actually want to see? Oh, uh, consistency would mm-hmm. be the, the most challenging part, um, and because that all depends on each individual. Again, yeah. uh, some like when it comes to the seriousness and, and the motivation of each individual, this really depends if someone's going to you know get to their results or not, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it kind of goes back onto what I was saying before, like, is it part of their lifestyle or isn't, you know? Um, I'm a type of guy, I'm a type of trainer that I don't just give you plans and just hope you follow it to get results. I try to educate you around uh, fitness and health. So when you understand the importance of it, then you, you take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. So uh, do I have people who, you know, drop out of the program and they fail to hitting their goals? Of course. You know, I can't force these people to follow a program. I can't force them to come to a class. I can't force them to come to their checking calls. I can't yeah. force them to take pictures of themselves and, and put in their uh, body weight and their measurements and stuff like that. I can't force them, mm-hmm. you know? So the person does definitely has to have the will to be able to get to their results. They have to be able to motivate themselves first before Mm -hmm. they can have someone else motivate them. You know what I'm saying? So like, but, but like, as you can see, like I have tons of, or even hundreds of uh, testimonials. So obviously people are, you know, my system works, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say like, yeah, it's perfect. You know, it's like, you know, because at the end I can't force them. Yeah. But only thing I could do is just educate, talk about it, and they just have that small initiative and will to just show up, 
And that's all they need to do is show up, not just pay, because I got a lot of people who just want to pay after a call with me. But the, at the end of the payment, it's not like uh, buying a computer or an iPhone. You yeah. know, it's, it's like you have to show up. Mm. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And, and that's it. And now once they show up, then everything else comes together. And the one in the testimonies you see, those are the people that show up. You yeah. Know? And I tell every single person, like, if you want, if you want real results, you want sustainable results and make it a lifestyle because that's the only way you're going to have sustainable results. Cause that's the problem with the fitness industry. Everyone's fast to give you a program, some type of cookie cutter bullshit, right? Yeah. yeah. Super cheap. Everyone, and everyone's looking for a cheap price. Yeah. yeah. Like $50 for an eight week program or some bullshit. Right. But no one's looking to change their life to make it so they can have sustainable results. That's why even people who buy these cheap programs a couple of weeks later, after they've done it, they'll get to their goals but after they're fat again. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and then now they're looking for another coach or the individuals bouncing from different coaches because they keep failing the program because no one's really educating people, hmm. you know, and trying to make it into a lifestyle. So that's what I do is I educate. Like I have tons of classes every single week. I have other coaches on board so they can, so you can not, it's not just coming out of my, my damn mouth. It's coming out of other coaches' mouths who's professionals Mm. who's going who take who looks at my vision as strong and clearly as as i do you know so and i have a women trainer and another male you know so and and to even make it more diverse and they're different cultures you know so it's like so it's like so (laughs) like i'm trying everything like i'm like yo like they come for me a black dude you know who's fit i mean i have a black a white guy i have a, a white chick you know like something so people can relate Instead, yeah, diversity, because diversity is part of business, you know, it's yeah. part of it, you know, because people are going to relate and, and stick to uh, different types of people. But but the message is the same. See what I'm saying? And that's yeah. the thing, my company is like, the message is the same. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. This hmm. The message is still the same. So yeah. we, we try our best to get people on board and do it right. Yeah. And I, I think <laughs> what you were saying about your goal to educate people, you've definitely educated everyone on here. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about your yeah. story and what you do and just about the important issues, especially regarding animal activism, which, you know, face veganism at the moment. So thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. No problem, um, no problem. Yeah, and thanks everyone for watching another episode of the Plant Seamer podcast. I'm Rachel. This is Corin Sutton. Go check out his Instagram and his website. Thanks, guys, and bye.